Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Welcome to Menlo Midweek. I'm Mark. I'm Jessica. We have Jessica. And today, we have our awesome guest speaker from this past weekend, yes. Scott Dudley. Woo! Hey. You're with us. Good to be here. Yes, right. I'm with you. Yes. <laughs> and it's wonderful to be with you. It yeah. is great to have you here. And you had such a long history with Menlo. I mm-hmm. thought, I was so grateful you shared all about your stories, but mm-hmm. if you could tell us where you're at now and maybe how you got from Menlo to there, uh-huh. that would be awesome. And then yeah. what you miss most about Menlo oh, and yeah. the Bay Area. What I, oh gosh. Yeah, we that, had Scotty Scruggs do that too. Yes, so. there's a lot I miss. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was total, I was here for 11 years. I was, Great. most of that time I was a person in the pew volunteer. I was on staff for five years. Okay. And, um, and as I said in the sermon, that everything, I mean, it just completely 180'd my life, mm. you know, in all the, in all the right ways in all the really good ways. And, um, and then ended up, it's kind of a long story about how I got to Bellevue. Um, they had called, they called me, it was my fifth year here. I had just quit doing college ministry and my role had been changed to teaching pastor. Mm-hmm. And they called me and I said, yeah, no, I'm not interested. And, um, but they sent me all their stuff anyway. Mm. And I was reading over it in our house, which is really was really close to the church. And I just, it was the first time I heard an audible voice and it said, this is going to happen. Oh my gosh. Whoa. And cool. I know it was really cool. Wow. And, and then I, I, um, I still called him back and I said, I'm not going to apply. <laughs> of course. I was, I was like, yeah. But, but, you know, it was my wife and I were like, was that really an audible voice? Well, God, yeah, you know. Yeah, it probably wasn't. Yeah, it probably yeah. wasn't. But, okay, but if it was you, God, then make him call back. Yeah. There was no reason, you know, because they, they were a fairly large church. I had really no experience leading much of anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had the college group. We had 300 students or so. Mm-hmm. I had some interns, but that's not like leading a church. So mm-hmm. I didn't have enough experience. So they were actually, they were fine with me not even applying, right? <laughs> Saved them the rejection letter. Um, well, what happened was a couple of months later, they came down here to look at another pastor that used to be on staff here. And they met with mm-hmm. a then senior pastor named Walt Gerber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they sat down and the first thing Walt said was, you don't want this other person, the person you're looking for, you want Scott Dudley. And they said, oh, actually we called him, but he didn't even apply. And Walt said, call him in two weeks and he'll give you a different answer. Oh my gosh. Whoa. And it's because he had decided to retire. And oh. I, I felt mm. like I was committed. I felt committed to Walt. As long mm. as he was going to be here, I was going to be here and oh. do what needed to be done, you know, to just basically kind of be alongside of him. So a couple of weeks later, they called back and, and I said, okay, I'll, I'll apply. I mean, you know, this, this, I guess that was the, that was the fleece, right? Mm-hmm. Make him call back. So I said, apply. But, um, after the day, the day after Walt announced his retirement, he, he I w- went into his office and he said, are you mad at me? And I said, well, no, but a little like, you know, and he said, because of Bellevue. And I said, how did you know about Bellevue? Oh my God. They're going to call you back. So that's how I got to my church there. Um, what I miss most, what do I miss about the Bay area? Oh, I miss this. The thing I miss most is this church. Oh, I, no. That I, there's, I mean, I, I, I do not have enough words to say how grateful my wife and I are for this church. Oh. And Menlo was nothing but good to us. Mm. And, and, and we are deeply grateful that we just overwhelmingly grateful for this church. Um, and then there's, you know, I miss Pete's. 
Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I miss going. I love San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Seattle's awesome. Seattle's great, but mm-hmm. I love San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So I miss going into the city and that sort of thing. But really, it's this church. That's what we miss. We didn't even pay him to say that, you guys. <laughs> that was all on his own. <laughs> Shout out to Pete's. I feel like oh, our yeah. staff single-handedly keeps that location open. That's oh, across it's the street. directly across the street, yeah. Oh, it was the yeah. same when I was here. I oh, mean, oh my gosh, oh my yeah. Gosh. I mean, you know, we would meet, the staff, would, the executive staff would meet on Tuesday mornings and um, we'd meet for an hour and then we'd all go over to Pete's and mm-hmm. get stuff at Pete's and then we'd come cool. back and meet for a second hour. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then on Sundays, right? Like that's just, yeah. It's always fun hearing a former pastors, former staff members come back and just share about Menlo. And I'm just so glad that you you did that this weekend and really just brought, I felt a lot of life and a, just a, such a blessing for our congregation to point us back to the hope that that comes along when you get into the game. And that's the series yeah. that we're in is get yeah. in the game. And Scott, we asked you to come along because we wanted to hear from someone about the legacy of getting into the game. Mm-hmm. And so after hearing you, I was like, oh, this is a perfect person to ask. So <laughs> thank you so much for saying yes. Yeah. Again. Sure. I'm, it was an honor. I've been looking forward to this all summer. Oh, oh Getting to preach here all summer. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. And a little icebreaker question for us. Okay. We asked this in the chat this past weekend. Ooh. I don't know if you're a sports guy or not. Are you? Yep. Okay, yep. cool. We asked our chat uh, and, and heard from a few people of their favorite or most memorable sports moment. So, Jess, you shared yours was... Oh, yeah. I got to go to the uh, Giants World Series parade in 2012. Oh, that's cool. And, yes. like, they were all, like, right in front of me, and that was really cool. And then my personal one was scoring a goal when I played soccer and getting to go to McDonald's oh, afterwards. That's, 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 that's what that, I wanted to that's, do Yeah, that's, that's a good a one. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. <laughs> and then a few of our friends in the chat, one shared that the entirety of... Uh, Jerry Rice and Joe Montana playing oh, together. Yeah. Like oh, that yeah. whole yeah. era was yeah. their favorite. Ugh. I had to agree. That was so such good. a fun era. It was a great era. Yeah. And I was here for part of that. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And then for mine, I since I grew up in LA during the time of Kobe and Shaq, mm-hmm. there were a couple big highlight plays there that I will always remember and probably think about more than I should think about. <laughs> <laughs> it takes up that space in your brain it where it's like, it I should be learning. Like, shouldn't that be filled with scripture? Yeah. But I need to, I need to see Kobe, Kobe throw Shaq a lob one more time. So Scott, what about you? So I think, it, I mean, there's, there's lots, but I think it has to be the, when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, mm. because oh, yeah. what you have to understand about Seattle mm-hmm. sports is we are, we are sports deprived. Like yeah. we've yeah. got the Mariners and although mm. this year they're, this year they're doing all right, mm-hmm. but normally it's just abysmal and the Seahawks <laughs> abysmal. Yeah. And, you know, we had, we, we had the um, Sonics, but then we lost the Sonics. And so everyone in Seattle is just like sport. I mean, starving for yeah. something. And yeah. so when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, that was just, I mean, the city just went crazy. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, just because we were so deprived. Yeah. So it was great. Yeah. And then there's another moment the next year that we... <laughs> when we lost the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. That's a big <laughs> we don't talk about that. No, we no. don't. We don't. In fact, when Scott Scruggs um this year he did a spoof on that moment where Russell Wilson yeah. you know throws an interception mm-hmm. and we're about to win the game, right? Mm-hmm. We have Marshawn Lynch, one of the greatest runners ever, mm-hmm. and we use him as a decoy. Are you kidding me? And then throws an interception. So Scott Scotty in his church, he did a, a parody of oh, that. Gosh. And I said, too soon. No, yeah. no, I, I advise against it. <laughs> well when he was here he shared that he's technically a 49ers fan. Yes. He has to, you Maybe know, kind of fake it up there a little bit. So I could see him being like kind of teasy. So but- there's a Another moment no. with Scott Scruggs, 
uh, he he came up to Seattle with Nina because mm-hmm. um, he wanted us to get to know her. Because, you know, Scotty and I are super close yeah. friends. So he came up when he was still here, came up to Seattle with Nina so that we could get to know her because he was thinking this is the one. And they were there when the same year that the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. um, they were there for the playoff game between the 49ers oh. and the Seahawks. And so oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, this will be an interesting dynamic in the living room, right. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so we, we all got through it. The relationships good, good. were strong enough. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Didn't You're have to go friends. to counseling after no, that? No, no, okay. no. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. All of the sports talk, because we are talking about getting in the game mm-hmm. and what that means when you live a life that's, that's completely saying yes to Jesus, I'm in. How can you use me? And so Mm -hmm. you preached about that this weekend. We'd love to have a summary for your message for those that are listening that might not have gotten the privilege Mm -hmm. to have heard it. I think the summary would be that when we move from consumer Christian, Jesus, you know, give me what I want, to Lord, I'm here to serve and Mm -hmm. send me, send me. That's when the abundant life starts. And going to church won't do it. Going to church is good. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's part of it. And, mm-hmm. that, and we need that. But the bigger life comes when we actually get in the game and start to serve. And that's, for me, that's what did it. And it was here that that happened for me. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that, I hadn't really, I'd been a Christian. I'd even gone to seminary. Right. Um, but I hadn't really um, decided to follow Jesus with everything I had. And I hadn't, I didn't serve very much. I did a few things, but it was really here and starting to, as a volunteer, lead a Bible study of college guys. Mm. That's where Jesus just took a hold of my life Mm. and just, it just, it 180 it completely in all the right ways. Um, And I, and I find that still that the, the most meaningful spiritual growth and the abundance of living, the bigger life, the richer life, meaning, purpose, a sense of, you know, I matter, but also just connection to God, feeling his presence, um, is when we say to Jesus, here I am, send me. And that's where all the good stuff is. It's also harder. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think we also have to say that because I think sometimes uh, preachers can be a little bit bait and switch, like it's going to be an abundant life. And then mm-hmm. you get into it and this is hard. It's harder. And it's a lot harder and sometimes it's really hard, but it's bigger, richer, deeper, better. Yeah. Yeah. One thing you said that I really liked was <clears throat> we're only willing to follow Jesus up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, <laughs> no, not me. I've never experienced that. But it's, <laughs> it is that like, it's a mind and a, a heart and a soul, you know, like uh-huh. love your Lord, your God with all your heart, mind and soul. Cause I feel like a lot of times it can be one or the other yeah. or two out of the three. And we just, let's, yeah, I'll give it all up to God. And, you know, the rich young ruler, but like, oh, but not not but all not, of my money. Exactly. But like, not if I have to move to, you know, another country or anything like right. that. I just thought that was so powerful. Like, what kind of made you go in that direction? Well, I think it's out of my own experience. Like you, sure. I, you know, we, we, there's a hymn we sing, you may be singing it here in my church in Seattle, I Surrender All. Mm-hmm. And I always joke, yeah. yeah, we don't really mean that. We mean I Surrender Some. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Ooh, and, that's good. And, <laughs> <laughs> so whenever we're singing I Surrender All, I'm like, well, if I'm honest, I surrender some. <laughs> and, and I think because I recognize that so much in myself. Hmm. Um, and I think we all are, are, are sort of 
we, we do this. Like, Lord, you can be Lord of my worship life. You can mm-hmm. be Lord of my relationships, but you're not Lord of my money. Or you're Lord of my money, but you're not Lord of my politics. Or you're Lord of, you know. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Mm. And so it's only when we surrender all. And I think mm-hmm. I just have to work at that so hard. Mm-hmm. And because I, there's a bunch of stuff I don't want to surrender. Yeah. And yet, when I do, it is like that's where he becomes so real. Yeah. Like you are real, Jesus. You, you, you do heal. You do transform. You do change. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get out of that religiosity thing mm-hmm. and into, I'm going to give it all up for you. And, mm-hmm. But we keep, I, you know, I can put it on the altar and then I like, sneak it back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so for me, it's daily, like all on the table, yeah. all on the altar. I don't think I'll ever hear that song again. Normally, like I surrender all. (laughs) Shattered the glass. I surrender some. Most of it, I think I want to. Some of the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can hear by how passionate you are about this that you probably want to include a lot more in this. And I think we gave you around half an hour. You did. If you could have gone longer, what would you have liked to include? Are there any other stories or ideas or themes or concepts that you wish you could have expanded on a little bit? Yeah, I, you know, if I could have gone on longer, there are a couple things um, I had that I cut out of the draft okay? because uh, it was just too long. I would have gone, first of all, the context of the passage in Mark 10 mm-hmm. matters a lot. Um, it's in, it's in a, it's after a series of what I call stupid disciple stories where someday- So I would, all of them? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> where I, I, Someday I'll do a sermon series called stupid disciple yes, stories. <laughs> so they're just, and it's just one after the other where they're just clueless. They're just clueless. Yeah. And this is- this, this passage is the same. And I alluded to it in the sermon, mm-hmm. but then, but you, when you see all of them, it goes all the way back to Mark chapter six, where a time and again, they're missing it and how patient Jesus is, which I find encouraging. Mm-hmm. Now, these are his, these are his like, these are his guys, right? right. And they're just clueless. Mm-hmm. And yet he is so patient and they're not all in the game and they're not, they're not surrendering all. And he's just so patient that they could go from, he, that they could go from, he says, I'm going to be crucified. Mm-hmm. And the very next verse, we want you to do what we ask you to yeah. do. Um, so I would have gone more into the context and how encouraging the context is because Jesus is patient. The next story is where Jesus heals a man named um, Bartimaeus. He's blind. And at the end of that story, it says he heals blind Bartimaeus. Mm-hmm. And it says, and so Bartimaeus followed him on the way. Mm-hmm. And in the book of Mark, that phrase means on the way to the cross. And the next chapter, the next verse is um, the triumphal entry on Palm Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so the context is these disciples that don't get it, but Bartimaeus does and is willing to follow Jesus all the way to the cross. Wow. And that's where, that's, that's the disciple, right? That's yeah. where we want to be. Mm-hmm. So I would have done more with the context that it was set in, but I cut it out. Um, and then the story I would have told that I only alluded to was my first night in the Bay Area, I was in the middle of a divorce and it was very painful. And I had moved into graduate student housing at Stanford. I met my, mm-hmm. met my roommate. The first thing he did was he said, what are you here for? I said, I'm getting a PhD in English literature. And he said, literature, I'm a math major, literature. They shouldn't even have, oh my gosh. A, they, why did they even have a literature department? Sure. I'm like, oh, 
I used to live with a beautiful woman and now I live with you. This is so <laughs> discouraging. Thanks God. Thanks God. And I, then I went, this, this is bleak, right? And I go into the kitchen to try to cook dinner. I'm a terrible cook. I'm opening a can of soup, cut my finger oh. on the can. I'm bleeding and I'm standing in the kitchen and I thought, this is a metaphor for my life. I'm hemorrhaging, right? Like my life is like, you know, me and a divorce and roommate. Oh, yeah. I got in the car to drive to a store to find a Band-Aid. And I just ended up, I, you know, first night in the Bay Area, I didn't know where I was. This is pre-cell phone, so mm-hmm. pre-Google. Mm-hmm. I have no idea where I am, and I get lost. And I start stopping at phone booths to call my soon-to-be ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't there. She was actually out with the guy she had left me for. Mm-hmm. Her roommate was there, and I did this uh, four or five times. And I was crying, and I was saying to God, you know, where are you? You've yeah. abandoned me. I did everything right. I followed all your rules and it turned out terrible. And it's just hopeless. And you, you, where are you? I can't find you anywhere. I think there might've been a little bit of cussing at God in that. Um, you may have to edit that part out. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. um, and then I, I turned off on some street. I was completely lost. I got out of my car, was wandering around. I was crying. Stopped the phone, last phone booth, called my wife. She wasn't there. Called my parents. I was sobbing. And it was almost midnight and my parents were freaking out. Mm-hmm. And my mom said, well, you just go home. Well, you just go home. And I said, mom, I don't know where home is anymore. Mm-hmm. And she said, just go home. And so I, I said, okay. And I hung up and I stepped out of the phone booth and I looked at God and I said, you're so not here for me mm-hmm. when I need you. But the last phone booth was here at Menlo Park. Wow. And... Um, I, and I, and then all that happened right after that. Um, and I, the next week I thought I need to go to a church and mm-hmm. I was like, wasn't that phone booth at that phone booth? Where was that phone oh booth? That was at a church. I need to go to that church. So I started coming here and then what I shared in the yeah. sermon, you know, eventually started leading a Bible study as a volunteer, blah, 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 <laughs> became a pastor here and every, all of that. And over the next 11 years, my life was completely transformed. And so when I think about that moment where I stepped out of the phone booth and looked at God, looked in the sky and said, you're so not here for me. In that very moment, God was looking at me and said, oh, I've never been closer. Oh my God. Wow. And you are not lost. I know exactly where you are. Mm. And you are in the place where I am going to rebuild everything. You're dead center in my hope. You just can't see it yet. And so that, that, I mean, that story is just, that's, that's sort of sacred to me. And, you know, there's no more phone booth there. It's a broom, yeah. <laughs> broom closet now. But um, what God can do when there are these times when we think he's not there. Mm. And I think some of those times he's like, oh, no, I have never been closer than right now. And so that's part of why this place just means so much to mm-hmm. me is because it, that was simultaneously the worst night of my life and the best night of my life yeah. at the same time. And it happened here wow. at Menlo. And so I, it's just, it, to me, that's a testimony of, it's, it, it, it's never hopeless. Mm-hmm. But that was too long. No, that's great. So, yeah. yeah, and like you said, sometimes when we are in it, we think like when we're with God, it's like, okay, it'll be, you know, we've committed my life to you. It's going to be good. But it's not usually, it's way harder. And so to be able to look back at that time Mm -hmm. and be like, that was a a horrible, horrible night and Mm -hmm. experience. And yet here I am because of it. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I feel like so easily in those moments, we don't remember 
where God has brought us at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. And we just tend to think like only in this moment of like, you're not here. But if you look back, it's like, oh, he's been here this whole time. Yeah, he's been it's with just, me all along. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And, yeah. and that for me, yeah. that's, I call that my Archimedean point. You know, mm-hmm. Archimedes said, give me a place to stand and I can move the world with a lever. And I, for me, that's my Archimedean point of faith. You know, that, that that moment when I felt abandoned, I was not. Mm-hmm. And so he's mm-hmm. faithful then, he'll be faithful now. And I think that's how you get through hard times. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's been a bad two years, mm-hmm. you know? And churches, yeah. all churches, everywhere are struggling. I just got back from Congo and Rwanda. They're struggling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my church is struggling. And it's, it's just, it's been a hard time. Mm-hmm. And um, to remember that God is faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always. Yeah, always. Thank you so much for sharing that. For those that might be resonated with that, this is really hard right now, Yeah, as you were experiencing. What encouragement mm-hmm. would you give them to say, yes, but it's worth it? Mm-hmm. To you, you said a couple, a couple times in your sermon that it's, somewhat, it's, it's comfortable to just say, yes, God, I, I want to surrender a little bit mm-hmm. or I'm in, but not all the way in. So mm-hmm. if for someone that might be down and discouraged, but knows that how, how can one, how can they know if they're in the right place or not? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a hard question for you to ask. <laughs> are they in the right place? And if so, what would you say to that person to say, you got this, keep on going? Yeah, I think whatever place we're in, God is there. It's mm. good. And I firmly believe that if we are in somewhere in the ballpark of being remotely faithful, you know, mm-hmm. half-hearted prayers. I mean, that's how I came, right? I, I came here like maybe once a quarter. Right. Even after you that, I mean, because, yeah. you know, I didn't know the phone booth moment was so powerful until right. years later. Yeah. Um, and look back on it. Um, I, no matter where we are, God is there. And if we are in the ballpark of remotely faithful, Guide me, lead me, mm. help me figure this out. Where do you want me? Mm-hmm. God, I'm going to have to make a decision here soon. I don't know how I'm going to maybe flip a coin. I don't know. But mm-hmm. however it happens, wherever I am, get me to where you want me to get. Mm-hmm. I just believe God always honors that prayer. Mm-hmm. And I think we sometimes get tripped up. Am I in the right place or not? You know, I, I, where are my seats in the, in the stadium? Am I, am I sec 200 level? One, and I, if God has a specific seat, he'll get you there. Just mm-hmm. stay in the ballpark of faithful. That's good. And he will get you there. And then, yeah, getting in the game, I think for me, what healed me from my divorce really was leading that Bible study. When, mm. when I had a purpose greater than me, mm. um, because I came here, I'm going to get a PhD. I'm going to go be a professor. The first couple of years, the first two years I was here, it was all about me. And, and I was grieving the divorce and all of that. And it wasn't until I started leading that Bible study as a volunteer, that's when my life started to turn around. That's when I started to experience Jesus in a way I'd never experienced him before. That's when Jesus went from head knowledge and theology to heart knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, and so I would encourage someone, get in the game. Do, mm-hmm. I mean, and if you don't know what, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Pick a card, any card, <laughs> you know? I mean, just something, do mm-hmm. something. And way leads on to way. Mm-hmm. And as I said in the sermon, I go to a party and suddenly later I become a pastor. I didn't think I was making a career move, but, but way leads on to way. You start one point and God leads you to the next point and the next point and the next point. And it is harder. Um, don't expect that it's going to be easy. And yet there are these glorious moments mm-hmm. where God breaks through and is real. And those are worth 
everything. I, I think about Moses a lot. I think every pastor loves Moses because Moses is always like, why did you make me do this? And these people, and they're, all they do is complain because that's what a pastor's we life is. Ever is lots of complaints. No, never. Not you guys. No, no, never. And, you know, half the time Moses is saying to God, I don't want to do this anymore. And why did you make me do this? And he had a hard life. Like, yeah. you know, you know, leading a bunch of millions of, you know, cranky people through the desert for 40 years, not fun at all. And yet, I mean, some moments, man, like <laughs> he got to see a sea divide in two. Yeah. He got to see the, the, the God write the 10 commandments with God's finger on tablets of stone. I mean, yeah, hard life, really hard life, but oh my goodness some amazing moments mm -hmm. and those amazing moments they're worth everything mm -hmm. they're worth yeah and everything. you talked about you know part a big part of it is partnering with god in that mm -hmm. and you shared a uh, mm -hmm. example i think it was michael jordan mm -hmm. and someone on his team mm -hmm. sure can you share that example again and mm -hmm. then i just i loved how you kind of said like that's that's how it is with it that's how it is with yeah. us yeah yeah so it was michael jordan one of his best games he scored 69 points yeah. And um, there, was, uh, they, there was a rookie there named Stacy King, and that night he'd scored two. And a reporter was interviewing Stacy King and said, how does it feel um, to uh, only score two points on the night that Michael Jordan scored mm -hmm. 69? And King said, it feels great. I'll yeah. always remember this as the night that Michael Jordan and I combined for 71 points. <laughs> I love points. it so much. <laughs> <laughs> and I think when we get in the game with Jesus, obviously there's a partner there that scores more of the points. Yeah. Mm-hmm but we get to play. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think what King was saying was, are you kidding me? I got to be part of this. Yeah. I, I, no, I am not bummed out at all. Mm -hmm. I got to be part of this. And mm -hmm. I think that you, you, when you get in the game, you, you get to be in the game mm -hmm. and you get to share the win because mm -hmm. you didn't sit on the bench. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, Jesus does most of it. But he does it with us. Yeah. He doesn't have to, mm -hmm. but he does. And that's just amazing. Because then you get to see lives changed and God show up and, and, and know that he's real. I'm so encouraged by how you're sharing your story, but also about how the posture of saying, I don't know where I'm supposed to be, God, but I just, I know you want me to be somewhere and I'm open to that. <laughs> At one point during your sermon, you said like, something about prayer or teach me how to pray instead of praying. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if that is you, we offer one of the best things that we do here at, at Menlo, which is starting point. Mm -hmm. And that's coming up. And Jess, you've planned, ran so many starting points in your life. What is it about starting point that makes it great? And, and why should people take the step to attend? Uh, yeah, a starting point is so awesome. I think there's so many like really cool things about it. A big part, a big um, feedback that we usually get at the end is they love getting to know the staff better. Mm. Oh, interesting. Because okay. a lot of times you go and you sit in the pew and you see the staff or you see the campus pastor and really kind of know all that that's all there is. Mm -hmm. Or if you volunteer like in kids, you might know the kids director, but you don't know the students pastor or whatever. And so it's just a really cool opportunity for that. Mm -hmm. And just the curriculum sets up so well all the ways to get in the game. Mm. And I love that you even talked about this too. It's not just, there's not just one way and it's not just at the church. It's mm -hmm. also serving right. in the world and I serving others. Yeah. And it's just so good. And so I love starting point because it's usually really fun too. We have a really fun staff if, mm. if you guys don't know, notice that yet. Mm -hmm. um, but just a great way to learn, you know, about each ministry, to learn about Menlo and who mm -hmm. we are and what we believe 
Mm -hmm. um, to learn how to get in the game and how to take that next step in your faith, how to take that next step at Menlo. Um, I know so many people that come to it and just like aren't really sure what they're going to do. And then they end up like leading teams and leading life groups. And it's just, yeah, it's just such a powerful thing. And most of them provide childcare and have dinner. Mm -hmm. And so definitely menlo.church slash starting point to get all of that information but i highly recommend it that's coming up next month yes so make sure you check that out and again if you were one of those people that are like i just don't know where i'm at what i'm supposed to be doing or maybe you just want to figure out more ways to get involved period or why should i even start coming to this church maybe Mm -hmm. i need to do some more background check uh, on that (laughs) this is all for you too it's kind of an all-encompassing way so if you have any questions or need any encouragement along the way you could text our team as well at 650-600-0402 that reached jess and myself and we'd love to help meet with you walk you through that grab a cup of coffee uh and make sure that you feel comfortable on your first night so we hope that you can do that and scott we're just so grateful and glad that you were able to share that. Um, We feel very encouraged by that. We hope all of you all feel very encouraged by this message. So any other parting thoughts, lingering thoughts about this? I I would just want to say to the people at Menlo, you know, this has been a great church for, Mm. you know, 150 years. Mm -hmm. And I think God does good things in churches when they're looking for another senior pastor. Mm. And I think this is a church, get in the game, because this is a church that God is alive Mm -hmm. and changes changes lives and um and it's just it's just a treat to get to be i've looked forward to this all summer Aww. and so it's just a treat to be here yeah well, and i'll say this again because it w- might not have been super clear at all of the campuses but you are not in the running for our senior i am pastor. not unfortunately <laughs> no. unfortunately i know people came up to me and were like yeah were they just saying that wink wink and i was like no unfortunately no, no. but just had to put that out there again because yes. <laughs> we get that question a lot but we'd love to have you back anytime yes. scott i yeah. will come back anytime i'm invited Yay. awesome yeah. sounds yeah. great everyone have a great week text us if you need anything and we will see you soon see ya thank Bye, you everybody again. thanks scott. thank you guys well thanks so much for listening and our hope is that this helps you connect deeper to menlo church throughout the week We believe church doesn't just happen on Sundays, and this is just one of the ways you can connect with us and grow in your faith whenever and wherever you're listening. We'd love to come alongside you in prayer to encourage you or walk through anything that you're going through. All you have to do is text our online team at 650-600-0402. Thanks again for tuning in. This was Menlo Midweek.